The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where every week I will bring you messages of hope, health, and healing. I want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer. My mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities while being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents the Lord has blessed you with. This podcast is sponsored by Exalted Health, where we are ending the war on women hating their bodies. Welcome back to the Exalted Podcast. I'm happy to be with you today. Today we're going to talk about what it means to have freedom in your body. And sometimes when we're talking about these intangibles that seem a little bit foreign and you can't quite place your finger on what that would feel like, it's easier to talk about how to recognize when you don't have freedom in your body. And so my story started when I was 12 years old and I was in gym class and we were about to start our swimming unit. And I was really nervous. I knew that I had developed a lot sooner than a lot of the other girls. And I was terrified to wear a swimsuit in front of those teenage boys. But I got through that first day, you know, I survived. But then I got to the following period of math class and those same seventh grade boys were in my math class and I heard them making fun of me. I heard them talking about how fat my thighs were, um, making fun of the fact that I had cellulite and I had curves and they were doing it in a way that they knew that I could hear them. And something inside of me broke a little bit that day and I swallowed it. You guys, I was only 112 pounds and I was 5'4". I was not fat, uh, but my 7th grade 12-year-old mind um, decided that I was that day. And that just shaped everything for me for the next, you know, almost 30 years. Um, every decision that I make, you know, for years in middle school, I would restrict calories Um, And I was in every single sport. So naturally, I was just depleted all the time. I was exhausted all the time. But it was so important to me to be thin that I didn't care about anything else. Um, You know, I had a best friend that was just always complimented by all these boys for the way she looked. And her, you know, she was told that she's a nice body. And so I would, I, I, I set her up on a pedestal in my mind of what a woman should look like. And I strived so hard to be that. But my, my DNA, my body structure, it, it never could happen. And it really just shaped every decision I made. Every you know, time I went to the store to buy new clothes, every dance when I would buy a homecoming dress, I, I had to make sure that um, my thighs were covered up because I was just so mortified and embarrassed. And in fact, that seventh grade year, I was playing... Um, volleyball and back then volleyball players I don't know if they still do um, wore like bun huggers which are essentially underwear and so your thighs are totally open and I knew that same group of boys was going to come to this volleyball tournament it was a home tournament we were traveling team and I ended up uh, quitting the team that year because I was so mortified um, to be seen in those bun huggers and didn't want those same boys making fun of me like they had in gym class. 
And so this kind of behavior went on um, for years. You know, it got worse when I had kids and your body changes for good. I had um, diastasis recti. And if you don't know what that is, it's the splitting of your stomach muscles. So even though I was, you know, an athlete my whole life and in good shape when I had my kids, that can happen. Um, And most of the time it can't be surgically repaired. So it's just something that you have to deal with. There are different exercises and things that you have to do, but it can remain that, that little mommy pooch that is so incredibly hard to hide and makes you look like you're pregnant, even if you haven't had kids in several years. So this body image issue just continued. And, you know, at some points I had gained some weight and other points I was stick thin. And no matter what size I was at, I was totally convinced that I was fat. And this went on for years until we were on a family vacation. um, I think it was like 2015, 2016. And I was at a friend's house and, you know, our kids were really little. And so we were, had lined up a babysitter for the night. We were going to put on some nice clothes and we were going to go out on this double date. A big treat when you have really little kids at home. And we were going through her closet. I didn't have any nice clothes with me because it was a family vacation. And so we were trying on different outfits and she's much smaller than me. And so, of course, it wasn't going well. And I was getting frustrated and embarrassed because I just always thought of myself of this massive person. And I made a self-deprecating comment, something along the lines of, you know, I hate my body or I hate my thighs or something that, uh, you know, something that had been playing over in my head for years at this point, 25 plus years at this point. And she turned to me and said, we don't speak to ourselves that way in this house. And I was so stunned. I was, I was just floored that she would, she would say that to me and not in a bad way, more so in a way that I was like, doesn't, doesn't every woman talk to themselves this way? Everyone that I knew at that time did. And, and she called me out on it. And so later she apologized and, and said, you know, my daughter was in the room. I don't know if you realize that. And I have sons. And so not that sons can't, boys can't develop body image issues, but it's obviously way more rampant in women. And she just told me that she was committed to like ending that self-deprecating cycle that she wasn't going to speak negatively about her body in front of her daughter. And so all her daughter heard in her home was just positive body affirmations. And I was so inspired by that. And it was almost like the Lord just changed a little bit of my heart that day in realizing there was another way to live. Um, and so after that day, I really started to notice how often I was, you know, looking, going past a mirror and just being like, oh, I'm so ugly or I'm so fat or any other self-deprecating comment. Um, how often I would go shopping and try on clothes and then it would end in tears because I'd be so frustrated um, that I didn't think anything looked good or I was frustrated with the number, uh, the size, or I would jump on the scale and just be totally devastated of what that looked like. And it didn't help that I had, you know, some people in my life that would speak things over me about, 
you know, you should be this size or that size if you're ever going to be successful in the health industry and you should be blonde. And I was unfortunately swallowing all that. I was coming into agreement with it. I was believing it. And so all that was giving me was a bar that I could never reach. I could never be good enough to do this. I could never be good enough to be a good health coach. And uh, during this time, for whatever reason, I was going through um, some pictures and I came across that 12 year old girl in her volleyball uniform in those bun huggers. And I remember taking that photo. I remember being just mortified to be photographed in those bun huggers. I remember how exactly how that felt. That everyone was staring at these massive thighs hanging out. But when I came across that picture as an adult who's started to unlearn some of these thought patterns, I looked at that picture and I just saw a normal, healthy 12 year old girl who had decided that she was fat because somebody told her she was, not because she really was. And I realized how much of my life had been shaped by me coming into agreement with that. And as I started to unlearn so many of these things, I started to learn even more so the power of words. You know, the power of life and death is in our tongues, which is Proverbs. And so I had been speaking over myself that I was this fat, cellulite-filled woman. I believed that I was the only one. Nobody else struggled with this. Everybody else liked their body and had no trouble with it at all. But I looked back at that 12-year-old girl in that photo and realized how much of it was in my head. How much of it was somebody else's idea of what a woman should be because maybe those seventh grade boys had seen perfect pictures, airbrush pictures on magazines and books and on TV and didn't realize that curves are normal, cellulite's normal. And I spent an entire lifetime trying to measure up to a bar that I could never reach because all women are not created the same. And the Lord just continued to speak to me in this area over and over. And as I've been on this journey, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever arrive because we're human. And as one of my mentors says, we're constantly in recovery from being human. But what I do know is that I've been on this journey of healing my relationship with my body for about six years. And I'm so far from where I used to be. I wore shorts for the first time in the last two summers. For the first time since before I was 12 years old. Even on burning hot days, I would wear jeans because I didn't want anybody seeing my thighs. I don't do that anymore. Am I heavier now than when I was 12 years old? Absolutely I am. I've had two kids I'm in my 40s now. Life looks a lot different, but I'm more comfortable and free in my body than I have ever been in my entire life. So I want to invite you into this place where you just really take a second 
to get connected. Now, if you're driving, obviously don't do this. But if you're just listening to this podcast, I ask you to just take a deep breath. Let it out really slow through your mouth. Take one more in through your nose, out through your mouth as slow as possible. Pull your shoulders back and go to that place where you connect with the Lord. You can just start asking him questions. One of the things I've learned on this journey is that if it doesn't sound like grace and love, then it's probably not God. If it sounds like condemnation and shame, that place where I lived for so long, that's not God. And if it's not God, we know who it is, right? So as you're taking this deep breath, and connecting, going to the place where you connect with the Lord. Just ask Him, what could freedom in my body look like for me? And just listen for an answer. Sometimes it's a word or an emotion. Sometimes you'll see a memory of maybe a time when you did have freedom in your body. Sometimes a lot of anxiety will come up. And that's a sign that you really need to spend some time here. Just connect with the Lord and drop into your heart. And if this is speaking to you, if this feels like something that you want to work on, I have a free workbook. It's on my website, www.exaltedhealth.com. I'll put it in the show notes. My Body Image Revival Workbook will get you started in this area. But it's really important that you don't just whip through the notebook and answer the questions. It's really important that you go to this place that I just took you to where you're breathing deep and you're grounded and you're connecting with the Lord. Because if you're not, and you do have a little bit of body dysfunction or body anxiety, whatever you want to call it, sometimes that anxiety can just take over. And you'll want to bury these feelings. And that just causes more disruption in the body. Sometimes we've been disconnected from our bodies for so long that our central nervous system is so charged that it's running the show. And that's what it can feel like when you try to connect and slow down and all you feel is massive anxiety. And what that means is that you're just really shoving all of those emotions deep down And they don't go away when they do that. That's when they start to cause total dysfunction in the body. 
if you have that going on, I wouldn't be surprised if you had some type of chronic health issue or autoimmune disease. Because when we suppress anxiety, it has to go somewhere. And that central nervous system running the show is a miserable way to live. I, I lived it for many, many years. So when we can calm the nervous system and just connect with our bodies, that's when the Lord really can go to work to heal. So I'd love to have you join us. Download that Body Image Revival Workbook. It's free. It's right on my website. I teach classes on this on the regular. So look for that where we go into a deeper walk into digging in if, if you need a little bit of support around this. But that free workbook is available. If this is speaking to you, don't continue to shove those feelings down. Peace is available to you. It does require some unlearning. But the Lord is so good. He's so full of grace. He's going to provide it. Don't continue to live in the place where it just feels like everything is out of control. Healing is possible. Peace is possible. And the Lord wants that healing for you even more than you want it for yourself. I hope to hear from you. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review, and subscribe to the podcast. And share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time.